We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is episode 85. And in the garage this week, Mike, Joe, and Chad are going to be talking all things Cleveland Browns. We've got the big discussion of the week on Baker Mayfield. Plus, we'll look around the league and see what else is going on. Plus, the Major League Baseball playoffs have started. We'll do some playoff predictions. And we've got so much more to talk about. So coming up the driveway, open up your favorite lawn chair, crack open a cold one, and join us for Garage Beers. Welcome on in, everybody, to episode 85 of the Garage Beers podcast. Go find us online at The Garage Beers on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, on TikTok. Go follow our YouTube channel. Check out some of the interviews that we have up there. We've got some videos from those interviews. We have a great time with our guests and uh, and everywhere else that you can find us online. Also, get over to garagebeershop.com and pick up some merchandise, T-shirts and hats, uh, and plus, if we get enough people getting stuff, we may look into some other things that we want to throw up on garagebeershop.com uh, as we got that set up with our buddies from 614 Hockey down there in Columbus. Uh, as always, we are brought to you on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Go check them out at Belly Up Sports. And you can hear us a couple times a week on the Unhinged Radio Network as well. With you, as always, I'm your host, Michael Keefe. Find me online at Garage Beers Mike. And with me, as always... My two co-hosts, first of all, on the east side of Cleveland, you can find them online at Garage Beers Chad. It's Chad Meyer. What's up, Chad? Hi. Hi. Oh, that was Hi, a guys. quick one. I was ready for a long one, and then you you cut oh, it off. Sorry. Sorry. Hey, uh, so imagine you guys are a policeman, right? <laughs> okay. Just in, 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 a, in a rural Illinois, okay. right? Okay. Uh, you know. And then you're just driving along, you know, doing your normal patrol, which is fine. You know, you're just a normal everyday police job. And all of a sudden you see two zebras just randomly (laughs) walking up out of a farm. Apparently that's what happened today. Two zebras escaped from like this random Illinois pumpkin farm. And they led police on a two hour (laughs) chase. I have so many questions. Yeah. Question number one. Question number one, Chad. 
You said that there were two zebras on an, a rural Illinois pumpkin farm as if that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, that, are, is. are there always zebras on pumpkin farms in rural Illinois? I can't say for sure, a hundred percent certain, but I'm pretty sure there isn't. Uh, so, and apparently get this, uh, the pumpkin farm was having like some sort of pet the animals day. And, uh, like the, like they don't like own the zebras. They were just there to, to, to be petted for that day. And they escaped. They escaped. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did they, did they like finally catch him? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a two hour chase and then they finally tranked them they got up there and they just tranked the shit out of them and they were like we're going back to the petting zoo come to find out well, there were just a couple of small horses painted with stripes on them right that's what a day in rural illinois yeah for a minute there i was trying to figure out if you were just trying to get me to believe you were just saying the the like the plot of the movie jumanji and trying to get me to believe it for a minute but apparently no, that that's happen. real that's real really that's real happen. yeah kevin hart is in some alternate universe right now oh i meant the first jumanji like the initial oh. jumanji robin, robin williams, williams is not well he kind of he kind of is but uh if you would have said monkey stole the police car and started driving it around then i would have been very suspicious of you. <laughs> uh yeah that's a good way to kick things off zebras on the loose in illinois uh Joining us down in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, where just to his west, uh, northwest in Illinois, he may find some zebras. It's Garage Beers Joe, Joey Whalen. What's up, Joe? Man, I know we're going to talk about the Browns in a little bit, but have you ever like watched an entire NFL game on GameCast before? Oh, like uh, like on your like the ESPN, like just the like ESPN watching it play watch? by play. Yes, yeah. Not like super entertaining. Have no. you ever like watched last week's game on GameCast before? It was horrible. I had no choice. I had no no way to get the broadcast except on my phone on Sunday. And it was painful to see Baker Mayfield throws deep right, incomplete to Odell Beckham Jr. Nick Chubb rushes for two yards. Baker Mayfield, <laughs> incomplete, deep center to Odell Beckham Jr. It's like, oh, my God. And then, like, 27 punts. Ugh. It was an exhausting Sunday. Uh, that's how I watched the uh, the Bears the Bears game a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah? I was in Massachusetts, and they didn't have, like, we were at the, the brewery Trillium, and they didn't have the NFL package. So we had to watch the uh, Patriots-Saints game on the TV. Oh. And I have my phone because the problem is then like the things that I have on my phone are all tied to my location. Right. So yeah. like, like Hulu, I can watch the Browns when I'm in Cleveland on Hulu, but then Hulu knows when I'm in Massachusetts and then it only has Massachusetts channels right. on it. And it's very annoying. So yes, I had to watch like, it like that because I don't like know that, how to bootleg games. I have no idea like, how to do it. Like that's the thing where that that's like the, the app where you're like, I don't know if like Baker Mayfield completed a pass, you would see like an orange streak, like go up the yeah, it's just like, like, whoop. <laughs> oh my god, you, you watch the you guys watch the entire game like that? The whole game starts. It's either that or don't watch it. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I literally had I literally had like a portable charger plugged into my phone and I was just watching it. It was so sad. <laughs> Something good happened, but I don't know yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yeah, you see that orange Anytime, line like, that yeah. scored. 
Kareem Hunt got the touch. I was like, woo! And then he like, it's just nothing. There's no like cut to commercial break or like just, it's just, just like anticlimactic. Yeah. Anytime there's like a TV timeout, you're just like, man, they're like, they're really taking a while <laughs> between plays here. <laughs> yeah, these commercial breaks feel way longer when you're watching it on the game cast as yeah. opposed to on TV. Uh, yeah, that's not the best way. Uh, yeah, boys, welcome back into the garage. Uh, excited. Uh, uh, I'm excited. Another good, uh, as you know, if you follow along with the podcast every almost every Friday, Chad and I call a high school football game for WEOL Radio up here. And uh, Chad won't be on it with me uh, this week, but uh, have a huge game. I'm pumped for this one. Have a huge game. I've been preparing for it all week. Uh, Medina and Brunswick. Medina is like the number one team in the area. Uh, well, right close to number one team in the area. Uh, their quarterback's <laughs> going to Penn State next year. You got Bernie Kozar tweeting about him. And now Chad, Chad's on a mission. It's been great. Chad's not even on the game this week, but Bernie Kozar tweeted about Drew Aller, who's the quarterback for Medina last weekend because they played mentor on ESPN two. And, uh, uh, and now Chad's just been all over Bernie. Like, Hey Bernie, we're doing the Medina game this week for WEOL. Do you want to join us in the booth? Want to call it? Right. And it's it's and gaining a little it's gaining a little excitement online. So maybe Bernie will see it and be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? He liked the initial tweet and maybe he'll just surprise you, you know, and, and just all of a sudden you're just, just going to show up in the booth on say, on, on Friday. You might. Come, come on up, Burn. Come on up, Burn Dog. Uh, yeah. I'm excited, though. It's a, those they're, they're the top two teams in their conference, Brunswick and Medina. So it should be a. I mean, I would imagine Medina's Medina is the heavy favorite, but it should be a fun game to call. So I'm pumped for that this weekend. Uh, I'm pumped for a clam bake out of Kelly's Island this weekend. I got all kinds of stuff going on this weekend that I'm just thrilled about. But uh, but boys, we've got some stuff that we got to get into. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about. This is a great week to have. Things are happening this week. And I don't know about you guys. I think you're both the same way. As I see things happening in the news, my first thought is like podcast, podcast. Got to talk about this. Got to talk about that. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of that this week. So we got a lot of stuff to get to. But before we get to that, we're going to start our podcast the way we always start our podcast. That is with our favorite segment of the week. It is our Garage Beers of the Week. And Joey, as usual, we're going to send it down to Nashville. And we're going to start with you. We're going to stop wearing an Apple Watch. <laughs> The amount of times I just like ghost respond people would talk later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah said, talk later. Yeah, I just in a family group text, I just sent talk later. And my sister's like, What are you doing? It's like, I literally don't know. I'm sitting here talking to you guys. <laughs> talk, yeah, but talk later. Talk later. Did, did, um, Katie, did Katie really just say, I'll talk to you later? Like, no, I knows. did. Oh, okay. Joey did. Like literally just here talking. I didn't even look at my watch. There's a whole conversation going on with our family group text right now. And Joe completely out of context because he was trying to look at his watch, but he just hit the wrong button. Completely out of context. You just see from Joe. Talk later. <laughs> and everybody's like, what? What? I'm sorry. What? Hey, Joe, uh, what are you drinking? Not, this is not necessarily now. I, I, I was just like, wait, what? What? Katie's trying to ask you to respond during a pod. She knows what's going on. It right happened, now. Literally it's right happening now. right now. It's happening now. now. What? I'm going to have to have a talk with her. Yeah, yeah, you should. We're going to set this straight. Anyways, uh, I don't, this might be a repeater. Uh, if not, it's worth repeating. Um, this is from Tennessee Brew Works. It's called the Cutaway Rye IPA. Uh, very delicious beer. 
You're shaking your head. Is that because I, I don't think I've ever seen it on here before. I think the other one I did from uh, Tennessee Brewers, it was either this one or there's one called 1927. That's also a really good. Uh, I believe it's a double IPA they have. Um, but this is a really great uh, beer right in downtown Nashville. Um, easy like tourists want to go to if you're visiting the city. Um, and this is just an absolute classic. Very like good bodied beer and, uh, and, and, and tasty. Yeah. So we like that from Tennessee Brew Works over on the east side of Cleveland. Chad, what's your garage beer of the week this week? Well, I definitely have a repeater, guys. Uh, this is uh, the Wally Post Red from Molar Brew Barn down there in uh, Maria Stein, Ohio. <laughs> uh, if, you're, if you're driving along. I'm sending know, this place an invoice. <laughs> if you're driving along 484 to 75 to 422 and you and you turn around 86 and then if you pass uh, 487 you've gone to well, I don't know that's 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 country that's country road driving to me. But uh yeah, this is after this is uh, a beer. Yeah, my buddy again my good buddy Josh Montgomery brought me up. Uh, it's tasty and uh I'm drinking it again because uh, I, I, I got to make some room in the beer fridge for new beer. So I'm, I'm clearing out the old beer. I love it. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. We're, and we're okay with repeaters. Yeah. You blew my mind when you intersected 75 and 422 because I was trying to figure out where that happens. And well, it obviously yeah, doesn't. Yeah. But you yeah. put you no. like for a minute, I was very confused right there. Country road driving pisses me off a little bit because you, you'll feel like you're driving for hours. Like say you're going to like, Bowling Green on a back road, yeah, and you'll see, you'll, and, and, yeah, and it, and it'll be like you know you'll be driving on like some random like seven twenty eight, like route seven twenty eight, and you'll see Bowling Green twenty miles, and you'll feel like you've gone like fifteen miles. Then you'll see a sign that says Bowling Green seventeen miles. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I love it. All right, well, hey, listen, back to Maria Shriver, Ohio, uh, to the Muller <laughs> Brew Barn. Uh, yeah. With that one. And then, boys, I'm super excited for this. I have, I have a legend. I have, I have one of the giants in the world of American beer. Uh, one of the all-time greatest beers. Uh, and, and I'm excited to have it on. I've never had it on before. Uh, but as, as I've told you before, no, a real, I'm not joking. <laughs> this is a real, a real, like one of the real kings of beer, not Budweiser stuff. Uh, as I told you guys a couple of weeks ago, my mom and sister went on like a cross country road trip mm-hmm. and they started it out in San Diego. And so I specifically asked my mother to find me this and she did. And it's my garage beer of the week. So coming from Russian river brewing company, there's only two places in the country that you can buy this beer. One of them is the state of California. The other one is the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Those are the only two places in the country that you can buy this beer. It is called Pliny the Elder. Hmm. Pliny the Elder is a legend beer. It is okay. It, it is a double IPA. Oh, so it it's is, shit. It is more West Coast style. So yeah, you would not like it at all, Chad, but that's okay. I don't even judge <laughs> you about it. You wouldn't like it at all because it is a little more hoppy, a little more uh, kind of that West Coast little bitterness to it. But boys, there's a reason that this thing gets ranked as high as it does week in or year in and year out every year. And it's because it's just one of the great beers. I have an honorable mention beer of the week, although I don't have it with me. I was I was up in Illinois hunting zebras this past week. Yes. 
And I had Spotted Cow. For We've the had it on the ever. podcast. We've had it on the podcast, and I've never had Spotted Cow before. And it is so good. It's like, it's like, um, I feel like at heart, it's just like a normal, like regular, like Pilsner style beer, but it's like kind of like creamy and delicious. Yes. And I wish you could buy that everywhere. Like, like I totally get it now. Dude. I had a, fam- yeah. I had a, I had a family member grow his own weed. And he just recently harvested it, right? Yeah. And okay. it, it's you help with the harvest like, at all, Chad? Uh, no, I did not. I did not. Uh, but but I was over there today, and he showed me the different little 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 jars he had with all of his freshly harvested pot in, uh, and it smelled exactly like an IPA. Like it oh, smelled exactly hoppy. No, I'm stupid. I'm serious. It did, man. You're stupid. It did. No, you're I'm, stupid. I'm serious. No, you're stupid. You know. You're something mean. You're mean to me, Mike. Uh, uh, yeah, it did. Quick backstory, by the way, on Pliny the Elder. Pliny the Elder was a Roman. He was like an author. And uh, uh, he died rescuing people from the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. And the only reason people remember him is because his like son or grandson or something, uh, whose name is now referred to as Pliny the Younger, uh, uh, kept like his memory alive, and now people know who he is. All these many years later, and nice. if you go out to Russian River Brewing Company, they also have a Pliny the Younger beer, which is apparently delicious too. But I've never had it. So, anyways, Pliny the Elder makes its first ever appearance on the Garage Beers podcast, and I could not be more excited about it. So, those are our Garage Beers of the week. Uh, to you out there listening, let us know what are you drinking this week? What are you drinking this weekend? It's in October fall kind of warm weekend you're outside you're watching some football what are you drinking what do you think we should try next week on the garage beers podcast get over to our socials send us pictures send us ideas send us suggestions we'll go try them out but to you guys on the podcast i say cheers to you the listener we all say cheers and now it's time to get in to episode 85 where we've got a lot of sports stuff to talk about and we're going to start right here in cleveland with our cleveland browns And boys, I think we start with the Browns by just kind of recapping what we saw last week. The Cleveland Browns defeat the Minnesota Vikings in a a wild game as far as like completely unexpected everything. Nothing about that game was expected. And the Browns come out on top by a final score of 14 to 7. And Chad, one thing that hasn't changed since you and I did just our instant reaction on Instagram live after the game. One mm-hmm. thing that hasn't changed for me, I still think that was one of the least fun times I've ever, <laughs> ever had watching a football game. Oh, it was, yeah. it was awful. Yeah. A hundred percent, especially that first half. It was uh, like watching, watching the offense in that first half was uh, like, I felt like I was in the dentist chair getting my teeth pulled for like two hours. Like it was, <laughs> it, it, it was, it, it, it was honestly just so, just just draining and and so frustrating and like i just like i didn't want to be in the chair anymore i just wanted to go home like i wanted the novocaine to wear off and just go home uh yeah i i, I don't know it was because it, it was so frustrating mike like it, it was so frustrating and 
not fun just with the way the offense played, but like then the defense will come out and and just it just be lights out, and it will make me feel all better. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about the fun thing, right? The fun thing in that game was Minnesota's first possession. They just marched down the field and scored a touchdown. Just right. walk. They just walked down the field. Justin right. Jefferson touchdown. Boom. Easy as that. Seven nothing Minnesota, and it was like, oh shit. Yeah, it's gonna be a long day. And then the Browns do the exact same thing. They just walk down the field Mm -hmm. and then they get into a fourth down, they go for it and they don't convert it. And it was like, that's when I was like, I was like, Oh no, this could be a problem because the way Minnesota moved the ball in their first possession, I was like, this shit's Uh going to be a 14, nothing game before. They also didn't walk down with that touchdown. Didn't they have like, no, not to get that. Who Minnesota? No, the Browns. No, no, no. Not I'm talking about their first possession. Oh, gotcha. Their first possession where they went up for it on fourth down and didn't get it. Yes. They turned the ball back over to Minnesota down seven nothing already. Game cast issues. Oh, little, yeah. A little less rememberable. Rememberable that way. Uh oh my God. Every time you say game cast, you remind me of the movie Malibu's Most Wanted. Uh what kind of video game system you got? I got a game cast. Uh, oh no, God, you, Sega? Game, you got a you got a game? Do you got a Dreamcast or a GameCube? Bitch, I said I got a game cast. Uh, great line. Uh, uh, yeah. So I thought, shoot, this is going to be 14, nothing real fast. And then the defense from there on out gave up no points, gave Mm -hmm. up no points. It was stunningly good defense from everybody. The only player that was having trouble and everybody was giving him shit about it. And I'm like, you're he's guarding Justin Jefferson out there. The only guy having trouble was Denzel Ward. You're going up against Justin Jefferson. You're going to have some trouble. The guy's a great wide receiver. Otherwise, though, <laughs> holy hell, that was that's the best a Browns defense has looked in a long time. 40 dropbacks Kirk Cousins made. 40 dropbacks, Mike. He got pressured 22 times while only rushing four guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that gives you and that gives you an idea of how much pressure that defense was putting on. And they didn't even send an extra guy. They sent, they, they got pressure on quarter cousins 22 times out of 40 dropbacks with just four guys. That gives you an idea how good that defense played after that first drive that, I mean, it is, it's incredible how this defense is coming together and it's going to be, I mean, if they keep this up, man, it's going to be scary the rest of the way. Well, they're also doing like they're And again, it's maybe a little hard to see. I guess we'll find out a little more this week, even though Justin Herbert's not much of a scrambling quarterback at all. But I guess we'll find out a little more this week. They're, they're like keeping guys in the pocket. They're, they're maintaining, even though they're getting to the quarterback, they're maintaining good like lanes of getting into the quarterback. So they're not just opening up these wide areas for quarterbacks to step up or step out of or whatever. It has been, I was watching so you brought up the, the, like the win rate on just rushing the four players. Mm-hmm. When they would bring the fifth guy, it felt like it was just an automatic like panic throw by Kirk Cousins. And like, right. I, I think he did hit Jefferson on a couple of those long ones when we brought a fifth guy. But it was, that was, they were like panic throws that he managed to yeah. hit Justin Jefferson down the field. Otherwise, yeah, though, there was nothing. Yeah, he floated it up there, and Jefferson ran under it. I mean, that's pretty much what, what happened with those panic throws. He got lucky. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's going to – I have 
uh, an interesting little stat on uh, on next week because you talked about Herbert not being exactly a scrambling quarterback. But uh, when we get into our preview of the Chargers, I'll I'll, I'll talk about that more. But let's just say uh, Herbert might want to think about becoming a scrambling quarterback someday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Miles Garrett, Jadevian Clowney, Jadevian Clowney has been better than I ever thought he could have been. Yeah. Like, we need to take a minute to talk about Jadevian Clowney. It, again, his impact on the game is not always felt in the sack column, although this year he's doing just fine in the sack column. But his impact on the game, how many times in a game is he blowing up a running play in the backfield? Or, like, yeah. is he just – he gets so many quarterback hurries – by just being a beast in the backfield, that it may not rec- it may not result in a sack, but it results in a bad play for the os- offense. Jadavian Clowney has been rock solid, steady from day one. He's been awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's been worth every cent. I mean, that's he's doing exactly what his mo was coming in coming into this season, and that's being a disruptor. He was he's never been a big sack guy. I mean, you know, the years he's been in the league, his best sack numbers has been, has been seven, I believe, but he's, he's known as a disruptor. He's known as a run stuff. Like that's where he makes his money at. And that's exactly what he's doing this year. He's gotten a couple of sacks, which are just a bonus, but you know, he's doing exactly what we brought him in to do. And that's be a disruptor. So guys, here's what I want to know from each one of you, right? The Browns defense. Cause I don't know. I don't know the last time I saw a Browns defense that I thought was as good as this one. I don't think it's been since they came back. Like, I don't think it's been since they came back. I don't think I've ever, since they have been back in 1999, I don't know that I've ever seen a Browns team that's so good against stopping the run. Like, they are so good at stopping the run. Here's what I want to know from you, though. Let's keep it on the defensive side of the ball. Who's excited? Like, Joey, which player on the Browns defense has you just the most excited right now? The most excited? Um, probably Jeremiah Usakormoa. I think he's been phenomenal the times he's been in. I don't think he's had the pressure to be, you know, the go-to guy every game so far. Um, but I felt like every time he's on the field, uh, there's just immediate impact. Um, you know, he's getting to the quarterback. He's he's looked pretty decent in coverage. Uh. But second is just the Maliks in the middle. I think. Yeah, I love that. Year. They have been like the like unsung heroes. Well, probably not unsung, but uh, the most the underrated heroes. part of a very well-rated defense. <laughs> the sung heroes. The sung heroes. <laughs> All right, Chad. What about you on defense? Which well, player? Joey. Oh, sorry, Joey took mine. You son of a dick. You're but, allowed uh, to have the same. You're allowed to have the same guy. It's okay. <laughs> no, I know. But I mean, in the interest of being different, I mean, as as much as I love those those three, I, I'm going to go Grant Delpit. Grant Delpit's uh, transition into this defense from uh, you know the injury into this defense it seems to have been seamless. He is all over guys uh, in, in coverage, and he's even uh, gotten in the backfield, gotten pressure on the quarterback with a couple with, with a couple of sacks. He's he's making plays all over the field. So you know, it it, it seems like there hasn't at least in these first couple of games that he's been in, it seems like there really hasn't been any sort of learning curve. He seems to just, he's playing like a veteran right now. And it's, it's, it's really awesome to see. Yeah. So listen, uh, the, the two guys 
that I would say it's, it's hard for me to not say Miles Garrett. Cause I think Miles Garrett's going to approach 20 sacks on the season. And yeah, like, I mean, I, the only reason I didn't say that is that would have been the chalk answer. I know, I know, but you also can't have this conversation. Like, yes, it's the chalk answer, but how do you have this conversation and not throw his name out there as this guy who's just absolutely dominating everywhere, leading the league in sacks, well on his way to a potentially insane sack number on the season. He is, he's incredible. But I also agree with you guys. Here's what I love about two of the guys that you each brought up. Joey, you brought up Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. And Chad, you brought up Grant Delpit. And here's what I love about those two guys specifically. They're, they're perfect for like today's NFL. Grant Delpit is a safety, and he's good at playing safety like a traditional get-back Stop, you know, deep plays, you know, ball hawking safety. He's good at that. But that dude's as physical as they come. He's up there making, he's blowing up running plays. He's yeah. filling the gaps on the line. He is getting, like you said, Chad, he's getting sacks. He's almost like a little linebacker. He's almost like a little linebacker that can play safety, which is perfect for today's NFL. And that's what we've talked about with JOK since the Browns drafted him. He's like a little linebacker slash defensive back. And he is Jeremiah Wusu koromoa is the number one rated linebacker in the NFL so far this year. The number one rated linebacker in the NFL is JOK. Why? Because he can do everything because he he's great in coverage because he can drop back with a, a tight end or a slot receiver and make their life difficult because he, when they said, he is a freaking like rocket launched out of a rocket launcher on a blitz. I love watching him blitz because he's smart about how he blitzes. He doesn't just run into the line of scrimmage and get caught up amongst the linemen. He like watch him when he it's a blitz. He takes his time and then explodes when he finds a hole. He's like yeah. a good running back, but on the defensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. he is so good. Those two guys are so good. But then here's the other thing that got me excited. You're out Greg Newsom this week and Greedy Williams is going to fill in. And I saw a lot of people that were like, oh, I don't know about Greedy Williams filling in. Greedy Williams was great. He was fantastic. I I think there's too many people that forgot why Greedy Williams got drafted in the second round by the Browns. Like I think too many people forgot the potential of Greedy Williams because of his injury history. He's fast. He's tall. He's smart. He's he's. He's disruptive. There's so many things to be excited about. Greedy Williams, I love that he got a pick. And he got a pick. And I love that they, on the broadcast, I don't know if you guys, Joe, you didn't see this, but Chad, I don't know if you were listening. (laughs) But on the broadcast, they called out the interception was a byproduct of Greedy Williams just having the instinct to know where to go. Because he came out of the area where he was supposed to be and came across the field because he saw what was developing in front of him and he made the interception. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It was awesome. Incredible. Good for him. It's what we talked about. It's what we talked about coming into this year, guys. I don't think anybody knew how good the Malik's were going to be in the middle, but they're both of them. Phenomenal. Especially McDowell. Yeah. 
especially McDowell. People know how good Malik Jackson can be and has been, but Malik McDowell, insane. How about Tack McKinley? Uh huh. <laughs> Amazing. Right. Dude looks. Dude is a stud. Yeah, yeah. I'm playing with a chip on his shoulder and 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 playing for an organization that believes in him. I mean, what was it? They were trying to claim him off waivers two, three different times. Right. I mean, this team, this team really wanted him, and you can tell that he's motivated and he, he's he's trained he's doing his best to reward this organization for that and then i just love i just love just like you've got you've got studs everywhere and then you've got just everybody playing well the linemen seone taki taki played well in that game i'm yeah. sure if, if if you had to ask me to just taki taki just do one thing be a good tackler just be a good tackler nobody gets out of tackles from taki taki I'm watching that game last week. He is tackling everybody. It's not always great. It's a little DeQuell Jackson sometimes where it's like nine yards down the field, but he's at least being the barrier to stop guys from getting big runs. Everybody on the defense yeah. for the last two weeks. What I loved about this week, guys, is that it proved that the Bears game wasn't just a byproduct of uh, Matt Nagy being a shitty coach and Justin Fields not being ready. It proved that that wasn't just a fluke defensive outing. You went up against one of the more high-powered offenses in the league this year has been the Vikings, and you totally shut them down. Yeah, and that, and, and that was the thing, you know, is, you know, when we talked when we previewed the game against the Vikings last week, I said, you have got to get pressure on Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, was one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league coming into that game. But, you know, in years past, he's always been proven to be streaky. You know, he could have two, three, you know, good games right in a row. But, you know, he's very easily rattled. Yeah, I mean, if you're able to get to him, he will make mistakes. And he did. He did just that in this game this past Sunday. And, uh, you know, with hurried up throws, a couple of turnovers, a couple of sacks, getting, you know, try, getting out of the pocket way before he wanted the way before he wanted to. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was it, it all hinged on Kirk Cousins. You know, it, you know, if we didn't get that pressure and allowed Cousins to sit back there and hit those weapons on that Minnesota Vikings offense, right? It would have been a, it would it would have been a different story. But right. you know, but it, it, it's this Browns defense got in his head after that first drive. This Browns defense was in his head the entire rest of the way, and it was blatantly obvious. Yeah, it was, it was, it was as good of a performance by a Browns defense, and then I'm going to throw the special teams in too because defense and special teams to me kind of go together. It was a good, as good of a performance by defense and the special teams. That was the, that's as good as the hammers looked in a while. Scottish hammers has, you know, he came on his first year. Awesome. Last year, he wasn't so good. And the beginning of this year, he didn't look so good, Uh, but he was great. The Browns have found a gem in the kicker. Chase McLaughlin's a gem. It's phenomenal. I hope, I hope he makes the pro bowl. They trot him out from 52 yards, and I'm, I am now at the point where I'm like, okay, cool, that's three points. I'd like, to, I'd like us all to remember that we had Cody Parkey last year. Yeah, right. I mean, right. it was like not a guarantee last year or the year before even that we would make kicks. Austin said so, yeah, 35 gone. yards. Yeah, yeah, 35 yards, yeah. Yeah, it, it, was, it was the defense and special teams. The return game is great. The – the kicking game, the punting game, the defense were all great. So now let's switch over to the other side of the ball. It was not a banner game. And I want to save the one topic of conversation for last. So we're going to save number six for last. 
But I do want to talk about some of the, uh, listen, it wasn't a great game offensively for the Browns. No, it wasn't. Still had 184 rushing yards. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I think my favorite thing about the Browns is like, you feel like you just didn't have a great game. But in the meantime, Nick Chubb runs for 100 yards. Kareem Hunt runs for 70 yards. Like, your running game worked. Right. I don't think – one thing I will say, and, and I'm interested to hear your guys' take on it, and Chad, especially you because you watch the game. Not real sure it was Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt's finest game. No, it was not. I specifically think about the times they were down by the, the goal line, and I think sometimes – they're overthinking what they have to do. Dude, I had Freddie Kitchens flashbacks, like in, in, in that in that Kareem Hunt touchdown. Uh, it, honestly, you know, taking taking what was it, eight plays? Like, because mm-hmm. we got we got lucky with the penalty, eight 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 plays to get in the end zone, and not not really figuring out how to get there. But uh, you know, luckily we eventually did get there. But yeah, I had major Freddie Kitchens flashbacks on that first touchdown. Well, but, and uh, listen, yeah, it, uh, and just uh, I'll let you go again. But it's it's it's. I, again, if you've talked, you guys have know me about football, you know, you can't just run the ball. Right. You can't just, if you're inside the five, everybody's on online screaming, just run the ball, run it three times, run the ball three times. That doesn't work. Right. If the other team knows you're going to run the ball, they will run blitz that. And it doesn't matter how good your running backs are. If they know it's coming, it's going to be hard for you to run the ball. So there has to be the threat of something else. But at the same time, I want to say in those, I think it was seven plays for them to get in. In those seven plays for them to get in, I want to say they threw the ball like five times. <laughs> like, don't do that. Right. Don't do right. that. Maybe run it like four and pass it three if you're going to take seven plays to get in. Don't but, get Pete Carroll syndrome. But yeah, it was, a, it was, it was like a little too much. A little too cute. Sorry, Chad, I cut you off. Ah, I lost my train of thought anyway. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> choo, choo, choo. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it was Kevin Stefanski's finest game, but it, uh, again, it's kind of like my favorite thing about the team we have now. This this Browns team that we've just been so graciously gifted by the football gods is that Kevin Stefanski knew it wasn't his best game. He comes out after the game and he's like, yeah, that was not great. They were asking him about Baker and he was like, yeah, maybe, maybe it wasn't Baker's best game. It certainly wasn't my best game. Right. He knew it wasn't. I don't know what it was. There may have been some nerves with him being up in Minnesota. There may have been some other things, but there were some wacky play calls, some weird things going on that were just kind of very not Kevin Stefanski. Um, mm-hmm. But he came out and he acknowledged it. And, and there's just this, I can't help but have faith that like kind of a one-off. It's not that he's not going to have bad games in the future, but I feel like they're few and far between. I, I can't imagine he's going to have a ton of them. Yeah, yeah, I have I have all the faith in the world in Kevin Stefanski. I do. I, I I mean, it's you can't. The body of work now has has shown he's had more good games than he has bad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's slightly he's coached. He's coached twenty three uh, games for the Browns right now, and he's won what 15, 16 of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have faith. I have faith that he's going to. Uh, he, he's 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 going to be just fine. <laughs> well. So it all brings us back to um, it all brings us back to Baker. And it's been the biggest topic of conversation. Uh, Baker Mayfield this week, after being so deadly accurate the first few weeks of the season, Baker Mayfield this week, 15 of 33, 
So less than 50% completion percentage for 155 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but the numbers don't tell the tale. And Joey, unless you watched highlights, the game cast doesn't tell the tale of the Baker Mayfield game that he had this week. It was, I didn't just have flashbacks to like the Freddie Kitchens years. I think it's the worst game Baker I've ever seen him play at any level, I think. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him look like that. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm just watching the stat lines come through. It's like, it's kind of tough to tell exactly the quality. You don't know if it's like the receiver that is messing up or bad. It was never the receiver. Oof. Yeah. I'll let you go, Chad. No, I, 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 I don't know. If, like I, I said on the recap, I don't know if he was in his own head from last week because, you know, I, I felt he was rattled last week with the Bears because the Bears got a ton of pressure on him last week. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the Minnesota did a pretty good job of pressuring him this week. So I think he hurried up a lot. I think he was in his own head. And, and I, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea how much the shoulder played a factor into it. You know, I saw Dan Orlovsky tweet this week that he he's, you know, he's, he's worried about Baker's eyes and where to go with the football. And, and he said, and he, he said, yes, OBJ played a part into it. You know, guys, I, I don't know if we want to get into this now, but like just thinking about his whole body of work, like, don't get me wrong. I love Baker. I love Baker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's he's the he's he's one hundred percent the best quarterback that we've had on this team since nineteen ninety nine. I, I think I might be changing my stance a little bit. I I don't think I'm convinced that he's the guy because we talked about earlier. Is he the guy to take us to the Super Bowl? Is he, is he the guy to lead us to the Super Bowl? I don't think. And th- and this is not not and this isn't based solely on the Minnesota this this past week. It's not just when I think back to what he's done. Over this, over his whole body of work, over these last three years, I I don't think he's the guy just yet, and and the reason why I say that is, and this is something that's not, and this is something that has nothing to do with coaching, you know, the, you know, it, it's it's all it's all up here, it's all up here for me. I, I don't know, I when I look back on it, I don't know if I trust Baker because there's gonna I, again I talked about this before, there's gonna come a time where we need Baker to go out and win us a game. And I'm not, I, I, I'm not sure he's there yet. I, when I look back on his whole career, I think he's, I can think of two games. One, the first game he showed up in the Browns uniform against the Jets, which I, I don't even really count because nobody's ever prepares for the backup, you know? And, and, and then there was that Cincinnati game. And, and then outside of that, I, I just, I don't know that I trust that Baker can go out and win us a game. I, I, I know I can trust that if the running game gets going, and he can get into the play action game that he's going to play well. But do I trust Baker, you know, in crunch time? Do I trust, you know, say, say the running game does get shut down by a better defense. Say they played the bills in the playoffs and the bills are shutting down the running game and we need Baker to go out and win that football game. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't think I trust him as of right now to do that. And we'll get into this in a little bit, but, and the chargers are, are going to be another test for him to see if he can go out and win us a football game. Well, it, you know, I, I think I think we get down to a point of, of Brown's talking points here for a minute. It's like you can't talk about Baker 
you've got the two segments. You either feel like you have to defend him to the death. Yeah. Or he's not the guy. Right. And those are the two segments. And it feels like if you say anything negative about him, the other side jumps down your throat like, oh, my God, Baker, how could you say blah, 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 blah. Did you not remember Derek Anderson and Charlie Fry and blah, blah, blah. And then it feels like if you say positive things, you got this other segment of people that don't believe in him that are like, how could you say that? He's clearly not this. He's got blah, blah, blah. You really want to pay him $40 million, blah, blah, blah. Here's the fact. Baker has room to grow. Like when I watch Baker, I'm like, I get what you're saying, Chad. I don't know that I would say it quite the way you did. Like, I do think Baker is the guy because again, I also think Baker's there's just room for there's, there's still a lot of room for growth with Baker, but when he's on, like what I look for with him is like, he shows me when he's on and he's going right. Like he's lethal. He's lethal. He's as good as anybody. When he's on a go right, like the last eight weeks of the season last year. Uh, the thing about Baker is the consistency. And that's mm-hmm. where I think it's very fair to call him into question. Baker is not one of those guys. It's He isn't in the league of a guy like Patrick Mahomes or uh, or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or, or those real elite quarterbacks. That are, you know that no matter how well their team plays or does not play, nine out of ten times, they're going to do everything that's required to have their team win a game. He's not in that yet. This game was not that game. This game, every guy has a bad game. All of them. Tom Brady has bad games. Aaron Rodgers, his first game of the season was atrocious. Atrocious. And he's had more of those than people think. Uh, But yeah, I think it's very fair to call some things into question, not just based on this game. But... Baker under pressure is a scary thing right now. And it has been, you get pressure on Baker and it, he's not one of those guys that like you look at some of these other quarterbacks and it's like, yeah, but look at their numbers under pressure and they're really good. His numbers under pressure aren't great. Right. And, and I'm, and believe me, I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, not sold on Baker. Like, I, I, don't get me wrong. Like I said, right. I love him. Best, best quarterback we've had. On this team since 1999. And uh, yeah, of course, of course, I think he has room to grow. I'm not saying in, in no way, shape or form am I saying he can't be that guy. But the only reason I'm even saying what I'm saying right now is because that's that's the narrative that everybody's trying to figure out right now. You know, and, and, right. and it's coming and it's coming down to a point where it's coming down to a point where the Browns have to make a decision on him. So, you know, that's the only reason I'm thinking this way is like, OK. Uh, you know, it, 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 you know, if he's not if he's not that guy, wh- where do we go from here? Are we going to give him another year? It, like, is it like it, it, I don't know? It, it, like I said, that's 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 why I'm calling this into question when I look back on everything he's done. Well, it, but I think that, I think that's a good point. Chad. Everybody's trying to figure out. I think that's a good point, Chad. I think I think the reason so many people are so up and down on Baker Mayfield is because people are way too invested in the contracts that people get in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. People are way yeah. too invested. I love when people are like, we can't pay him 40 million. I'm like, you're not paying him 40 million. You, <laughs> you plumber. Like you're not yeah. paying him 40 million. You insurance guy. Jesus. Yeah. Like, 
you don't need to be so invested on like what people get paid. I will tell you this. Here's my feelings on Baker. I, I get what you're saying. And I agree with a lot of what you said, Chad. I don't know that I am sold a thousand percent that he's going to turn into what you need for a Super Bowl. Yeah. With that being said, if they came out tomorrow and said, we've extended Baker Mayfield, we've given him this 30, $40 million contract, whatever. I'd be like, Oh, sweet. Good. Because one thing that I do remember as a Browns fan, uh, remember the other quarterbacks, right? Right. Let's not act like you're just going to go find somebody better than Baker Mayfield. Let's not act like, Oh, you know what? In the draft next year, they can just grab somebody that's going to be better than Baker Mayfield, or some guy's going to be a free agent. That's going to be better than Baker Mayfield. Find me a backup in the NFL right now. That's better than Baker Mayfield. There isn't one. Trubisky. Right. Trubisky. (laughs) Jesus. No, uh, and, and honestly, that's why I, um, and, and I'm glad you were saying this, and this is kind of what I was hoping. Like, I was kind of hoping you would talk me off the ledge, Mike. <laughs> because, I'm because, here for you. I'm here for you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Broski. Uh, and and that, that's why I was kind of hoping, like I said, you talked me off the ledge because I, I – I want him to be the guy so badly because I don't want to go and try to find a new quarterback again. <laughs> I want him to be the guy so badly. And, and it was like, it was disturbing me as I was thinking about this today. Like, like when I came to the realization, like, Oh my God, I don't think he is. I, I don't think I believe in him as much as I thought I did. <laughs> like I well, do believe in him, but like, you know, you know what I mean? I, like I just said, <laughs> but here's the thing. How does bake bounce back? That's, that's going to be the question. That's going to be right. what makes you feel better or worse about the situation. How does bake bounce back? Baker was really good against Kansas city. Really right. good. <clears throat> Baker was Baker was fine against Houston. Really good. Accuracy wise. Baker hasn't really turned the ball over much. Baker just isn't throwing for touchdowns, but again, that's never going to be Baker. Right. Baker's never thrown for 40 touchdowns. When you've not got Nick Chubb, when you've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the team, he ain't throwing for 40 touchdowns. Not in this system. Uh, hell no. Think it happen. Like, you know like who else won Super Bowls who weren't phenomenal quarterbacks? Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer. Eli Manning. Uh Eli Manning, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Need I say Nick Foles? Nick Foles. Right. Oh, right. No. Against I mean, the goat. Like Look, I, you don't like, obviously you want to have the best quarterbacking situation possible to be a Super Bowl contender. You don't have to have that. Uh, and the good part about Baker is there's upside that he has potential to be that in the right game, in the right situation. Um, but you also have to look at, you know, not only the other side of the ball, this phenomenal defense that we had this year, but like you have a good offense around Baker. Like, you have a running game that can pick up Baker if he's not performing well. You have a good receiving core. You have a great offensive line that can keep him protected and give him the best opportunity possible, even though he might not be on on a certain night. I don't think it's a detriment to our Super Bowl hopes that he's playing the way that he has been the past couple of weeks. Definitely something to look at, but like I don't think it's going to be an end-all, be-all, the reason we do or don't make it or win the Super Bowl. Listen, but Eli Man, you see, but Eli Manning got hot at the right time. That's the thing. He was Baker never could get hot at the right time, but he got hot at the right time. Trent Dilfer, 
won a Super Bowl in an era is still in like at the very tail end of that era to where you ran the ball 30, 40 times a game to Jamal Lewis and you just had an elite defense. I think in today's NFL. I do not think Jamal Lewis was on. That was Joe Flacco. Wait, what? Jared Goff no. started a Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo think- started a Super Bowl. I don't oh, think Jamal Trent- Lewis was on the Trent Dilfer team. What? Uh, no way. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna make me do this, aren't you? You're gonna Dude, there's no up. way. You're gonna make, you're gonna make no me way. Google Raven stuff, aren't you? I don't was think it he Priest was. Holmes? Was it Priest Holmes? It might have been Priest Holmes. I don't think it was Jamal <laughs> Lewis. No, Jamal Lewis was on there. No, he wasn't. You're looking at the what year are you looking at? Two thousand one. Yeah. Jamal, yeah, Lewis. Jamal Lewis and Priest Holmes. Oh, Look at shit. that. <laughs> oh. No, I didn't think he was. I thought it was Priest Holmes. Yeah. Well, look at me being stupid. Look at you. Look at me being stupid. Hey, Anyways. Idiot. idiot. Yeah, listen, point taken. Point taken. <laughs> but, but I also think, I think the hot and cold on Baker needs to meet in the middle somewhere. It's, it is perfectly okay. Much like it is perfectly okay this is the it's it's again it's so it's so like what we do with fucking everything sports and politics and life and everything you have to either think one thing or the other you have to think baker sucks or he's great and there's no middle ground and that's how people talk and it's so stupid it is a, it's what i think of myself like i think i'm a pretty good guy overall are there things that i would improve upon with myself Yes. Doesn't mean I want to just chuck myself off or like away into the garbage. No. I just got things that I could be better at. It's the same thing with Baker. He is Baker has proven to be a good NFL quarterback. He is a good NFL quarterback. I know last week didn't show that he was a good NFL quarterback, but he is a good NFL quarterback and he has been pretty much the entire time he's been in the league. Even with Freddie, he was still a pretty good NFL quarterback in a disaster of a system. Uh, uh, can he get better? Yes. Are the things uh, last week, Joe? Man, I wish you would have watched the game. Odell Beckham should have had two touchdowns in the game. Odell Beckham should have had two touchdowns. Baker Mayfield just straight missed him on two plays. Oof. The the Browns went. I loved the play call, by the way. That was one thing where Kevin Stefanski, I think, did it right. Towards the end of the game, before Minnesota got the ball back uh, to go for their, like, Hail Mary for the win, uh, the Browns, instead of just running it out, they ran, like, a, uh, a bootleg, and they ran a double move from Odell, and he torched the cornerback. And he was just running by himself down the sideline. And Baker loaded up and threw it to him. And like missed him by like five yards. Oh, it was wide open. He would have, if he would have caught it, he could have caught it and walked backwards into the end zone. Wow. And Baker missed him earlier in the game. Now this one was a little bit of a more difficult play because Baker had to step up in the pocket and kind of like step over somebody as he was throwing the ball. But Odell had torched a cornerback down the field. And if Odell would have just let, or I'm sorry, if Baker would have just led him with the ball, it would have been a touchdown easy. Instead, Baker hit the cornerback in the back of the helmet uh, because he drastically underthrew the ball (laughs) and it fell incomplete. Baker was high on everything. Even his completed passes were high. Uh, He was completely inaccurate. 
he was missing wide open. And then the plays that also killed you, right, Chad, if you watch the game, were the right. two plays to the running backs that didn't end up going to the running backs. There was one play where Baker rolled out to his right, and he had Demetric Felton just sitting there, like six yards in front of him with, like, nobody within 20 yards, and Baker just didn't throw it to him. He just didn't throw him the ball. And then literally moments later, it was Kareem Hunt in the same place, and instead of just flipping the ball out to Kareem Hunt for an easy first down, Baker Mayfield, like, tried to high-step his way to a first down, and he came up a yard short. It was very weird that he just didn't throw those passes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and that's the, and that's the, those are the type of plays like what that made me think he was just kind of in his own head. It has to be. And I just, and I just, I just hope he, I think he will. I think he will. I, but I just, you know, hope he, hope he bounces back because he's got another tough defense he's going to face this week. Well, let's talk about bouncing back because this week the three and one Cleveland Browns travel out to Los Angeles to take on the three and one LA chargers who are, uh, red hot right now. The LA Chargers coming off a win off the Chiefs. Uh, or I'm sorry, off the who they just beat. Did they just beat the Chiefs or the Raiders? Raiders. They just beat the Raiders. They did beat the Chiefs though. They'll add the previous week. <laughs> They're coming off back to back wins against the Chiefs and the Raiders, who starting the season were two of the hottest teams in the league. Uh, and this Chargers team is nothing, nothing to mess with. Uh, Austin Eckler has been good out of the backfield. Uh, Justin Herbert has been really good. And Chad, I think you're right. Like you said, defensively, they're averaging giving up about 17 points a game. Mm-hmm. So defensively, they are, this, this is a good team in LA. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're a defense that gets after it. I mean, the Browns defense has, you know, has been better number has been better so far, but, this is a Chargers defense that that causes a lot of teams some trouble. I mean, you know, every team they face so far, uh, the Chargers have given up that team's lowest point output so far this season. And it's again, like I said, it's a team that gets after it and forces turnovers. In these first four games, you know, the Browns have 14 sacks, but they don't. Re- they're not really good in the takeaway department. But this Chargers team has nine sacks, seven forced fumbles, and, and four picks. So this is a team that causes turnovers and gets after the quarterback. So this this the, uh, coach Stefanski is, is going to have to is really going to have to focus on a great on a great game plan, uh, <laughs> and in, ter- in terms of uh, in terms in terms of blocking <laughs> this. Week. This has to be this has to be a game, guys. There's there's I think there's one easy key to this game. Because I think the Browns defense is going to just keep getting better and better. Like, I think this is, I think you've got an elite defense here. An elite defense. It was the last time we said that. It's hard to even think about. I'm pretty sure we've got an elite defense here with the Browns. I think you have an elite running game. I think the key to this game is simple, boys. The key to this game is simple. We're talking about how how difficult the, the, the Chargers defense can make it on the Browns offense. The Browns defense is going to make life real hard on the Chargers offense. The Browns defense is going to make life hard on Keenan Allen and on Austin Eckler and on Justin Herbert and on Mike Williams and those players. The Browns defense is going to make life hard on them. The, the Chargers offensive line isn't spectacular. 
So remember uh, how I told you, uh, remember how I told you that uh, Herbert might want to come, uh, might want to think about being a scrambling quarterback. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, well, let's just look at this. The Browns through week four, according to pro football focus has a pass rush grade of 78.7, which is good for fourth in the league in the NFL. Uh, the Chargers pass blocking that offensive line has a grade of drum roll, please. 51.1. It's Which is great. good for twenty seventh. That's not great, Bobby. That's not great, Bobby. Great, in the league. Hey, Bobby, that's not great. Herbie, 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 you're gonna you're gonna want to think about. Uh, hey, Herb. Herb, you're gonna want to think about uh, uh, scrambling a little bit and getting away from the pressure. No, so here's the key to the game for me, and and boys, I'll send it around to you guys. The key to the game for me. This has to be one of those games. This has to be Baker Mayfield getting his getting getting that swagger back to him. Get that's when he plays the best. And Chad, I think you have to be you specifically called this out. This is one of the things you specifically talked about with Baker Mayfield. You didn't want him to lose the chip on his shoulder. Well, it's there. He's making Instagram posts about how people right. are talking about him. He obviously knows he played like trash in the game last week, and the team got to win. So they're three and one, but it's almost for you. It's got to be like ideal situation. The Browns are three and one, but your quarterback's got a chip on his shoulder the size of Texas because he hasn't played great. It's a hundred percent. You know, I love about him because he does. He, 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 he plays that chip on his shoulder. You know, no, he plays with that. He plays better with that chip on his shoulder because, you know, normally you wouldn't want your quarterback. You wouldn't want your star player. You wouldn't want your players uh, to pay attention to those narratives that, that are out there about him because, you know, it would go overboard. They would get in their own head. They would overthink things. That's not the case with Baker. Baker, this is, this is what motivates Baker. This is what drives Baker. So I, I'm expecting Baker, uh, given everything that you just said, Mike, I'm expecting Baker to come out focused uh, and, and, and ready to go. Uh, I mean, if... If he has another one of those games, which I don't think he will, but if he has another one of those games uh, where, you know, the Chargers are getting pressure on it and they most likely will, and and he doesn't step up in the pocket, he doesn't handle it well, I'm going to be very concerned. But I think he will come into this game pissed off Baker, you know, laser-focused Baker, uh, you know, getting away from the pressure Baker, not not bailing from the pocket Baker, making the obvious throws Baker. I I think he's going to come out in this game like that uh, I, I am 87.9% confident in that. And I will, uh, yeah. And, and, and I think, <laughs> don't, I think the Browns that's a very What's that? specific. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 87.9. I did the it's math. A key to, did it's the, the key math. to the game for me. It's the key to the game for me. I, I need to see Baker Mayfield at the end of this game at the podium saying, I just woke up feeling dangerous. Right. That's the kind of game we need from Baker. We need like a Baker feeling grab, dangerous game. Right. Grabs his nuts and flips off at the media. Fine. Walking do out it, and we're yeah, good listen, to go. do it all. We're good to do, go. Take a fine, <laughs> do something crazy, but you need that swagger back from Baker. The one thing I didn't like, he was so, he was beating himself up within the game and you don't like to see that out of your quarterback. Don't beat yourself up within the game. Just go to the side. When you make a bad throw, go to the sideline, fix it and come back out. You're always going to have more chances. So, I, I didn't like seeing him beat himself up. I want to see him come out with just that swagger. Like, come on. All right. Listen, if I throw a pick, I throw a pick. If I, if I 
make a bad read, I make a bad read. But I'm going to make way more good reads than bad reads. I'm going to make way more good throws than bad throws. That's the Baker that needs to happen. If you show up with feeling dangerous Baker this week, the Browns have a great shot because the Browns defense has a very good shot against this Chargers offense as good as they are. This Browns defense has a great shot. And uh, the Chargers defense is good, but I don't think they're the best the Browns have faced all year. And uh, and I think the Browns offense has a chance to get rolling. Joe, what about you? What do you think? What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I kind of think the same thing. I think you need Baker to beat a team that's playing really well. That's you're expecting a pretty marquee matchup for that week. Um, you know, he, he played pretty well against the Chiefs when we had that game. He kind of had two like <laughs> exhibition type games in between the Chiefs and this game now. Uh, so I, I, I really think that if it comes out, like you guys said, and is feeling dangerous, I think that's going to be the key to the game. I, I really, I don't have a ton of concern for the defense. I think this Chargers offense is phenomenal. They're going to put up some points, um, but I trust our defense to kind of keep everything in check uh, this Sunday. Um, so it really comes down to how well Baker can perform. And if he does make mistakes, how does he rebound from those mistakes in the game? Yeah, and I think the Browns can force Herbert into some mistakes too. Like I, I I'm not oh, for sure. He's see, he's a young quarterback. He's yeah. not he's not immune from from errors or having a hard time. Or you know, he hasn't necessarily faced. Uh, I don't think he's faced anything really elite defense wise this year, um, aside from the Cowboys, who look surprisingly good. Right. Um, but uh, aside from that, he hasn't necessarily faced uh, elite defense. He's faced good defenses though. Um, but he's he's he could be due for a couple mistakes here, boys. I still feel good about the game. I, I I know Baker. One thing that I love your your quarterback back quarterback played one of his worst games that he's ever played in the NFL, and you won fourteen to seven. Right. Like the one thing I love about the Browns is that they can overcome. There may be a week where they don't play so well defensively, like the Houston game, and they overcame it. There can be a week where they're struggling to run the ball a little bit. Nick Chubb against the Bears, he talked about it. It was the hardest 80 80 yards he's ever had in his entire NFL career. Uh, But they won the game. This week, your quarterback, terrible, terrible. Baker said it himself, piss poor, he called it. Piss poor. You won 14-7. to You've got a Browns team that can win when not every element is playing well. I am excited to see one of these weeks they're going to put it all together. This might be the week. This might be the week where it all gets put together. But I will say this. I I have one other question regarding Baker. Does the offensive struggle, do you guys think it has anything to do with? I'm not going to buy into that. I hate that Odell Beckham talk. Odell Beckham, because of his name alone, people are always looking for a reason to make him the scapegoat for anything. It drives me freaking crazy because as I've said on this podcast a thousand times, he has not been anything but like a good teammate, a good wide receiver, a good player, a good person in the clubhouse, a good person in the community since he's been in Cleveland. He hasn't done one negative thing since he's been in Cleveland. Not one. And yet they're always trying to scapegoat him. My question is, boys, do you feel like some of Baker's struggles stem from the fact that his favorite wide receiver, his security blanket wide receiver, the guy he trusts more than anything else, Jarvis Landry, isn't out on the field. 
you want to go, Joe, or me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, yeah, maybe. Um, but I feel like as an NFL quarterback, like you need to adapt. Then you have one person down on your team that's not excused to perform the way you have for the past two weeks. Like, but I'm not yeah, talking like I'm sure it'd be nice to have Jarvis out there, but like I don't think that should be any type of excuse for the performance. I'm not, but I don't mean like I don't want like the chalk like, but you should be able to do this answer. Like the real answer. Like the real, like Jarvis is that guy when Baker's looking around for somebody to throw the ball to and he doesn't find his first read or a second read, that ball goes to Jarvis because Jarvis makes that play. There's got to be something to the fact that he's probably just a little uncomfortable with that guy out there or not out there. Yeah, I think it's a thousand percent true. I think Jarvis is the soul of this team. You know, I think Jarvis is the guy since day one when he's been in here uh, has built that chemistry with Baker. I think Jarvis, yeah, like you said, Mr. is Mr. Reliable. You know, when when things go awry, when when, you, when things get crazy and and Baker's flushed, he's looking for Jarvis. Jarvis is is the first guy he's looking for. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I I think there is something to that. I think there is something to the comfortability with Baker. You know, it, it, as and it, it has. I don't think it has anything to do. I don't think I don't think the Odell thing has anything to that. do with with Odell, like the name Odell. But maybe there's but maybe there really is something to do with Odell. And, and they, they just and, and maybe they just they're just not in sync for whatever just, the reason. Just the, the symmetry for whatever reason, the symmetry isn't there. Yes, they hung out a lot in this offseason. But that I mean. That's not gonna. That's not gonna translate to the field if they do, if they go boating and fishing together and backflipping off of a fucking dock. Like that's that's not that's not that's that doesn't necessarily gonna translate to the field. And yeah, maybe there's got to be something to that too. Like it's like it's almost as if Baker really does need to feel comfortable, and Jarvis Landry is that security blanket for him out there on the field. And I think uh, you know I, I also think another guy for him that that does that is, is Rashard Higgins. I, I think Rashard Higgins yeah. is another guy that that will need to step I, yeah. up. Listen, I just I think there's a couple things going on with Bake. I think uh, he's playing it off. I'll play it off too. I don't think his shoulder, his left shoulder, is causing him to be like inaccurate or whatever. I do think if you want to explain a little bit of the happy feet within the pocket and the aversion to getting hit, I think you can maybe point a little bit at that left shoulder because it probably sucks to get hit after coming off of a dislocated left shoulder just a couple weeks ago. Like it probably sucks real bad every time somebody hits you and you land on that shoulder. So I think maybe some of it can be attributed to that, but we're going to see if he can step up and, and, and pull through. I still feel good about the game against the Chargers. I still think the Browns are a better team than the Chargers, and, uh, and I think we'll see. Four o'clock. God, I hate the afternoon games. I hate the afternoon games on Sunday having to wait. Uh, but we'll find out when the Browns go to L.A. against the Chargers uh, this weekend. Uh, just a couple other things, boys, uh, going on around the uh, the world of the NFL before we get off of football. Um, a few things happening. One of my favorite things that's happening, even though I hesitate a little bit because I still hate Baltimore the most. 
But I love that every team in the AFC North is three and one, except for Baltimore or except for Pittsburgh. <laughs> they are they're one and three. Oh yeah, even Baltimore. And, even though you hate Baltimore, I know, I know. <clears throat> but there's also that like, I think Pittsburgh. I think last year reignited my hatred for Pittsburgh. Oh, I didn't yeah. hate. I did like. I kind of lost my hatred for Pittsburgh when the Browns were so terrible. I, I never liked them. I never rooted for them. I always wanted them to lose, but it was like the, the, I wanted the, I wanted the rivalry and it wasn't there because we just lost to them all the time. And it was, uh, I never lost the hatred for Baltimore because they took our team. Like, so no matter what, that's the team that took our team. And I, that's the city that took our team. I hate them for that. However, I think last year reignited my hatred for Pittsburgh a little bit. And so when I look at the standings and I see Cleveland three and one, Baltimore three and one, Cincinnati three and one. And then I see Pittsburgh one and three. And then I get a notification on my phone today. That's like big Ben says he has no intention of retiring and that he feels like he can bounce back. I'm like, suck on a three win season. You assholes. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, It's about time. They're due for one. Oh, it's great. They're bad. They're real bad. Big Ben is bad. Yeah. And I'm loving every second of it. And, like, I am so happy that he's fighting so hard to stay into the league this year because that is just two easy wins that will make my score game correct and chalked up as a W for me. That's a funny thing. Like, I think the Bengals are probably a little bit of an inflated three-and-one team. They've played well. I don't think they're really, uh, like, the quality of a three-and-one football team. However, I do think they're better than the Steelers. Like, I, think, I think the Steelers are legit a four-win team this year. Yeah, they beat the I'm Steelers. So, so I'm are. so excited. I'm so excited They're not going to beat anyone in the North. They, they beat the Steelers, so they are better than the Steelers. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I think everybody came in talking about the Steelers. Like, uh, how, and, how and dangerous are I the Bengals, though? Though, like, they're three and one. They won't be three and one at the end of the season. They won't have that no. Win. They won't be three they, and one at the end. Obviously, I meant to say they won't have that win percentage at the end of the dynamite season. drop in money. But to do what they're doing with no offensive line and like not really much of a defense is like very impressive. Uh, they're going to be, they're going to be really good before you know it. Uh, I think the Bengals are on their way to being good. I have questions about the Bengals front office and the decisions that they're making. I would not, Mm -hmm. I, I know Jamar chase has been okay. I would not have selected him over an offensive lineman. If I were the Bengals, I think they'd be in a much like if they would have taken Penny Sewell, I think they would have been in a much better position. I think they'd be still as good as they are three and one, but they'd be in a much better position moving forward. So I have questions about them. I also think, um, who have you beat? You beat the Vikings and the Vikings are a pretty good team. Okay. You, you lost to the bears. (laughs) You lost to the bears. You lost to an elite defense in the bears. But that offense scored more points than you did. Right. You beat a Steelers team that's just going to be bad, and you beat a Jaguars team that is the worst team in football. Right. Barely. So, like, I think the Bengals are going to get a nice little slap in the nuts this week when they play the Packers. 
I and then <laughs> the Bengals are going to go on a tear here in a bit. They're going to go on a tear when they when they have to play the Ravens, and then they get the Jets as a little break. But then they get the Ravens, then the Jets, then the Browns, the Raiders, the Steelers, the the Chargers, the 49ers, the Broncos, the Ravens again, the Chiefs, and then the Browns to end their season. Like the the Bengals last like nine weeks of the season are just an atrocity for them. Uh, right. But I think you're right, Joe. I think they're better than – they're okay. Like the Bengals could get eight wins this year. Right. Yeah. I agree. Uh, but the Steelers suck, boys. They suck. They're terrible. The Steelers suck, and I Tides love it. Are, tides are turning, you fuckfaces. And Ben Roethlisberger is like, I'm going to gut it out. And probably Pittsburgh fans are like, Yins, this is great. And all of the rest of us in the AFC North are like, yeah, Ben, gut it out. You can yeah. do it. Yeah, go, Yay, let's go Don. Let's go Don. Let's go Don Con. And, no, and keep, get some beers afterwards. Keep Ben in the game. Yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. That's what we got going on. Uh, a couple other things uh, this week. Uh, let's talk about last weekend. One more thing before we get to the activity of this week. Um, uh, I think it's fair for us to talk about the Tom Brady game, the the Bucks and the Patriots. That was fun, guys. Like I had a good time with that. I no longer hate Tom Brady. I hated Tom Brady from approximately the year two thousand and four until the year I don't know. Till he left the Patriots. I hated him that whole freaking time because he was too good and I got tired of him. And every time I thought, oh, it'd be cool if that team won the Super Bowl, the 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 Panthers, the Seahawks, uh, uh, whoever, the Eagles the first time around with Donovan McNabb, it was always goddamn Tom Brady that stood in the way and didn't. And then the only teams he lost to were teams that I didn't even want to win the Super Bowl. I didn't care that Eli Manning won the Super Bowl. Damn right. it. I didn't want him to win the Super Bowl. I didn't need that to happen. So Tom Brady, I, but he's just, he's just the greatest of all time. He's just the greatest of all time. So now I'm at a point where I don't, I want him to play till he's 50 and I want him to be good the whole time. I want him to be chucking 50 touchdowns a year. I don't care. The game yeah. in New England, that was, that was kind of fun to watch. That was kind of fun to watch him go back there, the, the emotion in that game. And then, like, I feel like the emotion got to him a little bit in that game. Like, the New England defense and that emotion, that was a tough game yeah. for Tom Brady and the Patriots, and that's not a very good New England And they, they won with a little help, too, on a missed field goal. Yeah. Yeah, they sure did. Yeah, that New England defense isn't as good as I think a lot of people say it was going to be. Uh, and the New England offense is atrocious. Uh, so I don't think that's as good of a team as some people thought it may have been coming into the year. I know they spent a lot of money on tight ends for some freaking reason. Uh, but uh, it's it's not a great team. Uh, but they gave Tom Brady everything they could handle. And then I just love the the conversations of like, they had to get 78 cameras on Tom Brady running across the field to hug Bill Belichick at the end. Like, did you think they were just going to be like, hey, fuck you, buddy, and just like walk by each other? Like, of course, they won each other six Super Bowls. But it was but, the quickest interaction ever. But that's Bill Belichick. Just hey, like, good job. Yeah, you too. Okay. Or maybe he did say fuck you. 
like like he like he beat him. He just went across like fuck you. Just, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> just like, like he patted him on the shoulder. He's like fuck you. <laughs> and then I just went. Yeah. F you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. See, see, Giselle's for dinner. All right. So, uh, you know what? <laughs> I was going to get into this, but now I just want to get to the last thing I want to talk about before we jump into baseball for a minute. Um, can we talk about Urban Meyer for a minute? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Can we talk about Urban Meyer? Multiple camera angles. We need Multiple like camera angles. We need like a him. slide whistle right now. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Urban Meyer being elbow deep into a college student or graduate student or I don't know twenty some yeah. year old person. And this is in Columbus at a bar in Columbus. Now listen, here's what I will say before because I want to roast Urban Meyer. But before I roast Urban Meyer, one of the things that people are reading into too much, he didn't fly back with the team. That happens more than you think. Like. When you play, his, he was staying to visit his grandkids. Well, yes, <laughs> but when you play a Thursday night game and then you don't have another game until the following Sunday, and you're not going to have practices Friday and Saturday, so you don't need to be back at the facility until Monday. It's not abnormal for guys to not fly home with the team, players or coaches. So all everybody that's like you didn't fly with the team, shut the hell up! Like you're just trying to make something out of nothing. Now making something out of something. He didn't fly with the team, which is fine. He went to Columbus, which is fine. And then he went just all the forearm into a girl's ass at the bar. (laughs) (laughs) And all of a sudden, like, Herb, dude, dude, what are you thinking? You are out in public in Columbus where you are a legend. Because you won a national championship for the Buckeyes and you were a great coach for them. Everybody in Ohio knows your face. They know your silhouette. They know you from the frontal view, the back view even. They know you, Urban. They know who you are. You wind up at a bar in Columbus grinding up, having some girl grind up on you acting like it's not happening. I couldn't tell whether he had his arm down there to block his thing or whether he was just enjoying the feels but like did he not think there were going to be cameras on him the whole time well you know from that first that first video that came out from that angle that i saw and he was and he was covering that you know covering his junk uh, and it looked like he didn't care like like it was it wasn't paying no mind i was like okay you know that could, right. that could, be, right. that could be excused that could be excused that could be just like some chick trying to get up on him and then whatever. Uh, but then, <laughs> then the oil check came. And then I went, <laughs> and, and then I went, and then I went, oh boy, she's apparently a court low. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Urban is, is, is getting in there to, uh, to help to, to help fix that problem, uh, yeah, that that was um, not not smart on his part. Not not in his day and age. It's 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 not 1985 again. You're you're gonna get caught, <laughs> guys, guys, men, gentlemen on this podcast. What? Two of us married, one of us engaged. What the fuck are you doing, Urban? 
that's some Browns shit right there. <laughs> that well, is some, literally that is on some Urban's like, arm. Yeah, some brown <laughs> oh, <God>. brown <laughs> I just don't like. Listen, man, people do weird shit, and be, and people do things that I don't approve of. People do things that I find morally abhorrent. I don't know that Urban did anything with this girl other than grind up and feel her up. Not okay, dude. Not not an okay thing. Where's Urban's people? Like, <laughs> that's the other thing. Urban, where are your people, man? You are one of the highest paid human beings in any sport anywhere. Where are your people? Where's the person that's like, Urban, Urban, you probably, you, you probably don't want to have your thumb in her butt. And, you probably, and it's on camera right now. You probably should take that out of there. And apparently, and apparently, he was out with some known scumbag not named Chris Corso. Apparently, this guy is is not well liked or does not have a good reputation. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. Where where is his, where is people going? This guy's a scumbag. She's borderline seventeen. Maybe not feel her up a little bit, dudes. I but I also feel like you just get to a point. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you don't, maybe you don't when you're a multi-millionaire famous coach, national champion, whatever, maybe you don't get to that point, but I feel like you get to the point where you're me <laughs> and you're like, I'm kind of weird looking. I'm a, I, I, I've got a dad bod. Uh, I am the luckiest man on the planet to have the situation that I have. And so is it really worth it for me to let this girl grind up on my jeans? Or should I maybe call it a night? Like maybe I should call it a night. That's a I would be is, shoving you know, her out of there. Get away from me, please. I don't need this on TMZ. What are you talking about? Well, I, I you know, and, and for as much as, you know, I'm not justifying it, but as, as, no names, please. As someone who has been in a professional sports arena and has yeah. seen this, ty- this type of stuff go on. Right. Uh, it's, I, it's really more of an ego thing. When you get that type of yeah. money and when you get that type of power, you, you, think, you think you're invincible. You think you can do anything you want to do. Uh, and, and professional athletes, coaches, what are, are, are the, the guiltiest parties of the, of them all? Um, yeah. You, you think you're invincible. You think these situations are just going to go away and, 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 and they don't. So yeah, it's when something like that happens, you know, that's, that's what my mind goes to like, Oh, that's just, that's just typical professional sports. <laughs> Dude, I'm not going to lie. Uh, okay. So I think sometimes like the national media goes crazy with things. I'd fire his ass. First of all, you know, first of all, he has done his tenure in Jacksonville. If you're strictly talking football and I'm not talking wins and losses because nobody expected Jacksonville to win a bunch of games this year, even with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, then he gets hurt and you've got Robinson playing. Well, nobody expected Jacksonville to win a bunch of games this year, no, but, right. but, but it has been widely known that Urban is massively unpopular in the locker room. His right. players don't like him. They don't respect him. 
And he's typical urban. He's aloof about it. He's just like, oh, well, we're just going to be great this week. And we're just blah, blah, blah. Urban Myers, random talk. He sucks. He sucks. He is a good college coach because of certain things that he does. But otherwise, man, I think Urban is a shit ass coach. I think he's a terrible NFL coach. You can't you can't recruit the way you do in college in the NFL. So you take away his recruiting, which is what he was best at. And and now he's just a shitty coach. I'd fire him. His well, that's a, a terrible start. And now this bye. Don't well, need, and that's the thing. Don't need. Well, it. yeah. And that's the thing is, is, you know, I think they're looking for a reason because reports have come up. But they're looking for uh, they're looking into his morals clause to see if they can fire him. And, and you know, I, I think that's kind of an an offshoot of of all of these other issues, because, uh, yeah, he doesn't have any respect in the locker room at, at all. You know, players do not respect him. And that was the one thing I kept harping on why I didn't think Urban was going to be successful in the NFL is Urban, his coaching style. He's a hard ass and you can't approach other millionaires, other professional athletes the same way you do college kids. You, you know, it's not going to be receptive, but Urban is going to is 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 the way he is. He was successful at the college level because of that. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, maybe he should just go. Maybe he should just kind of swallow his pride a little bit and go back to go back to college where you will be one of the best college coaches to ever exist. It's okay. It's okay to work. Saban figured it out after a year that the pros weren't for him. So what did he do? He went to Bama and, oh, I don't know, seven national championships later, he's going to he's set for the rest of his life. Go back to college. Be one of the be great. Be one of the best coaches ever to grace the college football scene and, and move on with your life. It's gonna get like elbow arthritis to transition him from NFL to college. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, get exactly. a widow bell. Get a widow bell. We ache. Oh, d- yeah. oh no! You got a widow headache. I can't for <laughs> a little bit. Listen, is, is he's, he's gonna resi- he's gonna resign for health issues. And it's gonna be it's gonna be elbow. It's gonna be like arm I, issues. He's, not, of like he's out with the knee. he's out with the knee. He's out with the knee. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he's just a shithead. I think he's just, I think he's an awful person. Like the the more Urban Meyer, the more the person Urban Meyer comes out, the more I'm like he just is a shithead. Oh yeah, he's a <laughs> shitty human. He is. He's got pride out the out the ass that he kind of deserves but kind of doesn't i think he's just a shit bag and yeah if i were if i were jacksonville ownership you chad you brought up a lot of good like logical reasons but also like your team hates you you're not showing any improvement i don't want here's the other thing i don't want trevor lawrence anywhere freaking near you you can't make good decisions and now i've got to expect you to teach my rookie quarterback to like you got to be the example for him. Cool. When's Trevor Lawrence going to be out there with his arm up somebody's butt at the bar? Like, I go. I don't think Trevor Lawrence would ever do that. He probably already has. It just hasn't been on tape yet. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I was the ownership, if I was that group, uh, I'd be like, nah, this guy's got to go. He is. He has been detrimental from the start. It's been rocky from the start. And and I know Ohio State fans love them some Urban Meyer because of what he did in Ohio State, and that's fair. But like, not, he's not an NFL coach. He's not. No, 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 he's not. All right, boys. Uh, let's just hit real quick. 
I want to spend just a few minutes before we wrap up for the podcast this week. We talked a ton of football, which was a blast. But we got playoffs going on. And, and boys, this is it's my favorite time of the year. We're in it. We're right in the middle of it. It's fall. We've got MLB playoffs. We've got NFL going on. And we are about to puck drop the NHL season, tip Ooh. off the NBA season. We're about to have all four sports going at one time. Uh, it is my absolute favorite time of the year. Um, let's talk a little baseball. We're going to have some hockey coming up for you uh, in uh, the upcoming episodes as we uh, as we are getting ready for the Blue Jackets to 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 drop the puck. Uh, we'll have some basketball episodes coming for you as we get ready for the Cavs, and who the hell knows what that's going to look like. But with the Guardians. And yes, I am referring to them as the Guardians from now on because they are the Guardians from now on. No longer playing baseball. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the playoffs, boys. So last night, did either one of you watch the Boston-New York game? Nope. Oh, it was great. It was great. Oh, yeah. Joe, did you watch it? No. I watched as many highlights as I could because the first, what, four innings were just anything I could dream of. <laughs> I hate Gary Cole with the passion Ooh. and not even for Trevor Bauer type things, but I just hate the guy. I think he's Same. a little douchebag. Same. And I'm so glad to see Yankees fans get pissed about his salary and him not being able to deliver in a playoff game. And it, it just brought happy tears to my eyes. Joe, 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 hear me out. Hear me out. Garrett Cole is the Major League Baseball version of Bryson DeChambich. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hate the guy. I hate the guy. That's a great comparison. I hate him. So I I texted my friend. We we play in a fantasy league, which we'll talk about that. That might be one of my half cheers getting out of here. We play in a a fantasy league, uh, Joe, Chad, and I, that I've run for a long time. and one of the people in the fantasy league with us, Brittany, she's a huge Yankees fan. She's grown up a Yankees fan, big Yankees fan. And I texted her. I said, listen, I really don't like the Red Sox. So I didn't care who won that game last night. I don't care. Yankees, Red Sox. I don't hate the Yankees like some people do, but I hate Garrett Cole. So I love that he got pulled in three innings. Like, bitch, get your ass. From there, if the Yankees would have come back and won, I'd have been fine. That'd have been cool. Uh, but but watching him just get lit up at the beginning of that game was great. So I love, I think my favorite part of the baseball bracket boys is that the two wildcard teams in the AL Red Sox Yankees. That's awesome. That's a, it is a dream matchup. I know people get sick of the Red Sox Yankees, but in a wildcard game, that's awesome. And then the winner of that game gets the hundred win Tampa Bay Rays. So it's like, the whole AL East has to just beat up on it, on themselves in the playoffs. Right. You're, you're just going to beat up on each other. In the meantime, Chicago and Houston's over here like, uh, we're good. <laughs> like you, guys, yeah. you guys just take care of each other, and we'll just sit back over here. Uh, so let's start with Boston and Tampa. Boys, how do we feel about the Rays – and the revamped Red Sox. Man, I I kind of already got my AL bracket pretty locked down. Okay. Um, 
I don't think the Red Sox are going to stand a chance. I think this will be a really quick series. Um, the Red Sox have looked really good this year, um, and they are deservedly where they are. Um, I don't think that they're going to have the firepower to beat the Rays in this series. Chad, do you have any thoughts? Oh, I always have thoughts. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Chad. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, no, I, I, the Rays are just one of these teams that year in and year out, just figure it out. And, and this year, these guys are just, they are too good. Uh, I, I think they are in the end, the uh, Rays are just a, a better team, you know, in all phases of the game, pitching, defense, hitting. I, I think, I don't think the Red Sox stand a chance. You know, it's a nice little story. I love that they, 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 uh, pulled, uh, they got Garrett, they, they got Garrett Cole out of that game, but uh, early, uh, but you know, against the Rays, I think they're just too good. So yeah, give me the Rays. So I don't think it's as cut and dry as you guys do. I, this Red Sox team reminds me of the last time they won the world series where they were kind of scrappy and kind of figuring it out. I think this series Red Sox and Rays is a little more, uh, it's a little closer than some people think, but I also think the Rays win it, but I think this series could go the distance. Uh, I think the Red Sox have enough offense. I don't think they have enough pitching. I think ultimately the pitching lets them down. I think the Rays do have enough pitching. Their pitching is crazy. Everybody that comes out of the bullpen throws a hundred and like 11 miles an hour. Uh, right. But I do think the Rays come out of it. Now, Chad interested on your thoughts on this one, the Chicago white Sox, the winners of the AL central division run away uh, versus your your Houston Astros. <laughs> Choked on some bullshit there. Wait, what? What do you I'm mean? Kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, oh, I'm just okay. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, again, um, I think this is the same. Just when I look up and down both of these rosters, I, I just think Houston is the better team. You know, I, I, I think... Um, uh, I just I lost my train of thought there. Sorry. I, I was going to say who paused uh, Chad. I, I agree with you. I, I I think Houston is the better team. I Chicago has been phenomenal. Um, I almost feel like they're going to have Indian syndrome though, where they're in just like the weakest, most trash division all year long. That's so. And bad. they they get to some <laughs> they get to some game that has some type of meeting meaning, and they're like. Oh, this we're playing baseball. Gotcha. I oh, think that's shit. what's going to happen to the White Sox. Um, I I think that the Astros are going to stroll away to the World Series this year. They're just going to walk right in like they've been there before, and they're not even going to use trash cans this time. As much as I hate I, to say it, I think you guys are so wrong. I think what you guys are so wrong. I think yeah, I think the White I think the White Sox walk through the Astros. No. You're an idiot. The pitching is chance. better. Nope, the offense is just as good. Not a no. chance. I nope. think the White Sox walk through the Astros. Nope, you're an idiot. Uh, yeah, I, I, sorry. You know what? I do hope the Strohs win just for Michael Brantley. I want Michael Brantley to get a ring this year. Yeah, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see it. I, th- I think I think the AL West is just as bad. Like, I know they had the A's and the Mariners and blah, blah, blah. But, like, 
I, I don't think there's anything real in the AL West. It's all fake to me. It's like it's like fantasy land out there in the AL West. Uh, I think I think the White Sox are definitely a better team, uh, and I think they will. I don't I don't think this goes the distance. I think the White Sox pull away, uh, and I, I think. I think like you get to a point where the White Sox win the first two games of the of the series in Houston. That's what I think happens, and then maybe Houston steals one in Chicago, but then Chicago wipes them out after that. Okay. Uh, okay. Wow. All right. Hot take. Hot that's take. one. That's one way to think about it. I don't know. I. I like. Hot this is take. not the same. It's not the same old ast. Or it's not the same old Astros. Hot take. It's not. Uh, well, write it down. When the White Sox are playing in the ALCS, you we can talk about it. <laughs> okay. uh, on the other side of the bracket, it's the National League. Right now, we have the St. Louis Cardinals against the Dodgers. They're going at it as we speak, uh, and they're knotted up one-to-one. Uh, the Cardinals came into this as like the hottest team in baseball, um, but obviously they have their hands full with Max Scherzer and the Dodgers. They knocked Scherzer out. The Dodgers knocked Wainwright out. Uh, and right now, the Dodgers are threatening to score. Uh, we can't really say what's going to happen in this game. But the winner of this game gets the surprise team in baseball this year. The San Francisco Giants. Oh, yeah. I love the Giants. A Giants team that I think was picked by most people to finish like third in the division. Out there in the like NL West, wins. A, a Giants team that everybody questioned their offensive capabilities, uh, and then they came out and led baseball in home runs. Like they were awesome. They won a hundred and seven games this year. There is some the reason- like fun statistic on the Dodgers that said since it was one of those like since like August they're like. 35 and five or something. And it's like, and the giants are still one game ahead of them. Like, yeah. It's the insane. giants. We're crazy. I, I, I like the, you know what the funny thing about the giants is I'm a big baseball fan. I love the game. I think I could name you like five people on the giants. Yeah. They're kind of a Cinderella team. Kind of. Like, I think I could name you five total players for the Giants. Can you guys name, like, the whole Giants roster? Yeah, of course. Uh, Barry Bonds, Will Clark. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, of course. JT Snow. Easy, yeah. Uh, didn't Mark Grace play for them for a couple of uh, like, For a hot three? minute. <laughs> yeah. That's Baumgartner. Right. Yep, yeah. Tim Lincecum. Tim Lincecum. Yeah. Yeah, That's a crazy thing, right? Like Dave Dravecki. Like, it's, look at their team. I knew Brandon Crawford at short, sure. Mike Yastrzemski in right field, sure. Buster Posey at catcher, sure. Second baseman, Wilmer Flores. Yeah. Okay. Lamonte Wade Jr. in center. Hey, don't see Lamonte. Lamonte Wade Jr., huh? Donovan Solano at short. Alex Dickerson in left. Austin Slater uh, as like a backup. Uh, who out like it's a very major league feeling team. Chris Bryant, obviously, at third, Brandon Belt at first. Like, who are these guys? 
It's a very it, major. A hundred and seven win baseball team, man. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, and yet, Brandon Belt, twenty nine homers. Mike Yastrzemski, twenty five. Crawford, twenty four. Like every, everybody on the team's got more than ten homers. Yeah. yeah, the Giants are my World Series pick this year. By you the way. think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just I mean, typically, typically a team peaks when they play as well as the Giants did, but they're coming into this postseason still as just as hot as they were through the, throughout this entire season. So they're my World Series pick this year. Yeah, you're kind of right yeah. on that. It's like it's like when teams are like have incredible regular seasons, they're usually like pretty streaky at times. The Giants have just not stopped the entire season, aside from <laughs> like maybe like coming into May, they're a little slow off the gate. But like they've been going at 11 this entire time. When that's the other thing, look at their pitching. Who the fuck are these guys? Kevin Gausman, I know him. He's good. He's a very good pitcher. Maybe a Cy Young candidate. Uh, Anthony DeSclafani, Logan Webb, Alex Wood, Johnny Cueto. That's the rotation. Right. Who are these guys? How do you not know? Jesus. You're right. Yeah, I know. I know. How do, you, how do you not know these guys? You got who's who's their closer? Somebody, somebody say the closer of the Giants. Sergio right Romo. No. Uh, Jake McGee. That's what I meant. Jake McGee. That was yeah. Jake McGee. Like, <laughs> I love the Giants for that reason. They won 107 games with that roster. Right. Crazy. Right. So they're going to get the winner of the Cardinals versus the Dodgers. You don't think they'll have problems with either one of those teams. No, I don't think so. Not at that. Not. I mean, I have no reason to think that because they've been playing at this high level the entire season, and, and I have no okay. reason to think they'll stop right now. All right, I agree with that. I, I'm I'm iffy. I think either one of these Dodgers. I think the Dodgers and the Cardinals are both dangerous. And one thing that I do think, as opposed to the Giants teams of the 2000s, that just won the World Series and the early 2010s that won the World Series every even year, there's not a lot of experience. And that makes me nervous. I, I think if you put the Giants or the Cardinals up against the, or I'm sorry, the Dodgers or the Cardinals up against the Giants, it would not surprise me to see the Giants not make it out of the first round. And then that right. takes us to the other series, the Braves and the Brewers. How do we feel I about that? I don't know. I, give I mean, you guys. I was, I was gonna say you guys. Take, you guys take. I mean, you can take this one. I have. I, I can't. Know. I cannot. I can honestly say I have not followed the Braves or the Brewers much this season, so I don't really have. I would an say <laughs> maybe the Braves have an edge, uh, based on purely nothing. I, I don't know. Well, you guys just, talked about. You talked about the White Sox in a shitty division. How about the Braves? They get into the playoffs with eighty-eight wins. They win that division. Yeah, you're talking I mean, about. A division with the Mets and the Phillies and, you know, Miami, obviously. Like, that was real shit. The, the, the Nationals, that's a really shitty division. And yet the Braves get in. I, they're so streaky. They're so right. streaky. The Brewers are a little bit like the Giants. The Brewers are a little like the Giants in that, like, who are most of these guys playing for the Brewers? Right? Like, yeah. Again, remembering that, like, Christian Yelich missed a good chunk of the season. And then when he came back, he wasn't great. 
Christian Yelich with nine home runs on the year and 51 RBIs. Uh, Luis Urias is their best hitter. Uh, Aviseo Garcia from the White Sox. Colton Wong. Jackie Bradley Jr. All guys that Willie Adamas. All guys that have been productive, but like, I think you're probably, I think you're both, you're probably right with the Braves in that I think they have better pitching. Uh, starting pitching at least. But like, yeah, woof, this, this is a weird, it's weird. That's a weird matchup. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I Like, I feel like if either one of these, if either one of these wildcard teams were going up against the Braves or the Brewers, I'd probably pick them. But they're right. going up against right. the Giants. So, Chad, you said it. You said the Giants are your World Series pick. Yep. Mm-hmm. What about you, Joe? Um, I'm going to go with the Strohs. Fucking on this yikes. one. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Dusty Baker is taking no team to the World Series. I would love it. No team by Dusty Baker. <laughs> um. I want to, I want to, uh, uh, like dark horse, the Red Sox. Cause this Red Sox team very much reminds me of the 2013 Red Sox team. So I want to dark horse, the Red Sox. Uh, having said that, I think I will, if I had to put money down on a team to win the world series, I'd put it down on the race. This may be the year that the Rays finally get over the hump and win the world series. Nice. So, all right, boys, that's going to do it for us. We've talked football. We've talked baseball. Again, like I said, in upcoming weeks, we're going to talk hockey. We're going to talk basketball. We've got some more great guests lined up. We've had a couple weeks without guests, uh, not necessarily by our choosing. Uh, but um, that's going to do it for this week. So before we get out of here, we are going to wrap it up with one of our other favorite segments of the week. It is our three cheers of the week. Chad, you had yours right from the get-go. So what is your three cheer of the week? Oh, man. Oh, okay. Well, uh, my cheers is going to go out to Ryan Ong Alonzo. Uh-huh. What? Yeah. Ryan Ong Alonzo. Of course. Uh-huh. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? He is a 34-year-old athlete known as Skipman. And he just set the world record, guys, for jump roping 40,980 double under skips in 12 hours. Uh huh. Did yep. you do this in front of front man? <laughs> jump man, jump man, jump man. No, no. Oh, you guys didn't get that one, did you? you did. No. Squid game? Oh. But I haven't watched not, the whole thing. I'm only a few okay. episodes in. And not only that, and not only that, uh, he suffered cramps about halfway through his attempt, but he managed to power through no. it. He was attempting to beat 20,000 double skips, and he more than doubled it in 12 freaking hours, jumping straight for 12 Wild hours. Camping. Are you kidding Next me? Next week on episode 86, <laughs> Chad Meyer what? attempts to break that record. <laughs> Whoa. I, was, I thought you were going to say I'll bring Ryan Ong Alonzo on. How long did that take again? 12 hours, Joe. Well, it's going to be a long episode next week, boys. It's going to be a long epi. <laughs> Woo. Better get All right, comfy. Ryan. 
All right, Ryan Ong Alonzo, congratulations to you on on that thing that you did. Joe, what's your cheer of the week? Oh, I don't know if this is good or not. I want to cheers A-Rod. No. 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 I'm choosing A-Rod for his heroic no. and brave performance in the booth last night. No. He had a phenomenal no. last game calling Sunday Night Baseball for ESPN. Oh, Not confirmed, but it I, has to be. Uh, but we'll go over some memorable quotes uh, from A-Rod's all-star performance no. last night. No. So we'll just read off a couple here. I don't know if I'm going to quite deliver as well as he does, but uh, so according to Alex Rodriguez, uh, only Alex Cora has the Alex Cora effect, which makes sense <laughs> because it is Alex Cora. Uh, what else do we got here? We have, um, oh, uh, A-Rod made the quite bold prediction that uh, Garrett Cole was going to win the Cy Young uh, next year because <laughs> The sophomore season is always better than the freshman season uh, of playing for the Yankees. Um, this was Garrett Cole's third season. Um, I love Anthony Rizzo. I love the Anthony Rizzo pickup because he's a baseball player. Oh, yeah. God. You know what? It's that simple sometimes, boys. It's no, that it, simple. It, it's, and it just it, it kind of keeps going a little bit. No, more. Um, I want more. I want I more. more. I got more. I got more. I got more. Oh, I got more. Um, how do you beat a bully offense? You hit them right between the eyes, and that's exactly what the Red Sox are doing. They're coming at them. They're not running from them. If you run from the Yankees, they will get you. You can run, but you can't hide. Wow. Uh, God. He went all Herb score with it. He went all he also, Was that a haiku? Was that a haiku? It kind of sounded like one. Um, he also referred to Joey Gallo as a landing strip multiple times uh, during the broadcast. And in my uh, pretty extensive research, I could not find um, what he meant by calling Joey Gallo a landing strip. Um, and just general advice for the Yankees and Red Sox. Uh, don't bother being smart. Just use your superpowers, which is tremendous resources. Perfect. Plural Perfect. resources. Damn it. God, he did. He went all Herb score with it. The old Indians broadcaster. Like a fly ball down the right field line. Could be fair. Could be foul. And it is. <laughs> <laughs> There's a high fly ball in the left, right center field. And it's caught by Brooke Jacoby at second base. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And at well, the I don't even of, know what just uh, happened. And at the end of four, it's Minnesota four, Milwaukee three, or Milwaukee three. Uh, Ned, where are we? <laughs> uh, Joe, that was awesome. That I needed that. I needed that version of Alex Rodriguez in my life. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to wrap it up with my cheer of the week. It's not funny. Uh, I wish it was like Joe's was. Um, no, mine is a cheer to. The Top Golf live event that happened down at Progressive Field last weekend. Uh, I went with uh, my father-in-law, Joey's dad. Uh, that was our, um, it was our uh, Father's Day gift that we received from kind of the family. And uh, holy shit, it was awesome. We had a great time down there. Uh, it was an event that we left and we went, we're never missing this ever again. If they decide to do it every year, we will go every freaking year. It was that fun. They like, they put your name on the board when you were doing great. There was one point in time where, where John, my father-in-law was number one and I was number two. Uh, 
of everybody playing. Play? No, no, fuck off. Uh, no, uh, it just was. It was a very good time. It was up on the club level, so the bar was open. They had games. They had a golf simulator. They had all kinds of fun things. And again, we left and we just went, oh, shit, that was something we will never not do. Anytime it's in Cleveland in the future, we will go to it. It was awesome. So my cheer goes to the top golf at Progressive Field. And, and, and my one thing I wanted to do. uh, So you're not allowed to bring your own clubs in. So they give you a sand wedge, a pitching wedge, and a nine iron, and they have a lefty club and a righty club for each one. That's it. This again. That's it. That's it. (laughs) So all I wanted to do, again, we are lining up our shots from the top of the club level. And all I wanted to do was hit the bleachers. And I didn't think I could. Because if you think about it, like for me, a normal nine iron is about 150 yards. So 150 yards, about 300 feet. Right? Is that right? No. Wait, what'd you say? No, 150 yards would be 450 feet. Yeah. Uh, Something like that. Times it by three. So 150 yards would be 450 feet. Uh, That would be very difficult to get it from the top of the club section out over left field in the bleachers. So finally, we got like two minutes left. I put a ball on the tee on the mat and I just whack one as far as I can. And it lands like 10 rows up in the bleachers. <laughs> and I, w- I felt like I won. I felt like well, I just hit a home run at progressive field. Like I just, you know I just what Alex Rodriguez was saying in that situation. <laughs> oh, you please tell me three runs in this ballpark is like one run in other ballparks. <laughs> We are going to end it on that note. Uh, that has been episode 85. We had a great time talking Browns. We had a great time talking baseball uh, as the playoffs are going on. And like I said, we are gearing up here on the Garage Beers podcast to talk basketball, to talk hockey, and so much more. In the meantime, get ready. Browns, Chargers, 4 o'clock on the West Coast in L.A., There's going to be a ton of Browns fans there. That is going to be like a Browns home game because unfortunately for the Chargers, moving to L.A. was the worst possible decision they could have ever made. And all the fans in L.A. are Rams fans and they're not Chargers fans. So it's going to be like a little West Coast home game for the Browns. But stay tuned for that and make sure you tune in after the game to our Instagram page at the Garage Beers to catch me, Chad, and even Joe sometimes will jump on with us to just recap what we saw in the game uh, and hopefully another Browns victory. So thank you to you guys. Thank you to our uh, garage beers of the week. And thank you to you, the listeners out there who make everything possible for us. Once again, go check us out at the garage beers on all of our socials. Go check out garagebeershop.com for some great merchandise and let us know if you have any suggestions, give us feedback, go over to your favorite, uh, podcast hosting site and leave us a review we read those so if you've got anything you want us to do let us know otherwise for joey down in nashville tennessee at garage beers joe for chad over on the east side of cleveland at garage beers chad i am michael keith at garage beers mike saying this has been episode 85 go browns we will see you again next week for episode 86 
Have a great weekend, everybody. 